It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the podcast, a nature and countryside podcast from BBC Country Farm magazine. My name is Fergus Collins and I'm the host of the podcast and editor of the magazine. And welcome to a very special bonus episode. As regular listeners will know, my podcast team and I love to capture the sounds of nature and the countryside whenever we're out adventuring and then bring it to you wherever you're listening. So when I discovered our friends at BBC Radio 3 were planning an entire week's live recording in Yorkshire for the breakfast show, I was particularly delighted to be invited to chat with presenter Petrock Trelawney and find out how he and his team were creating a show blending music and landscape out in the wilds. The week-long show is called The Yorkshire River Journey, but I'll let Petrock fill you in on all the thrilling details. Well, Petrock Trelawney, welcome to the Country Farm Magazine podcast. Uh, Very nice to see you. And it's very exciting because you are well, you are the presenter of Breakfast on BBC Radio 3. But next week's show, starting on the 12th of July, is a very different breakfast by the sound of things. You're, you're leaving the studio and heading out into our territory, the countryside. So three years ago, Radio 3 had a focus on forests. So much music, romantic music in particular, linked to the darkness of forests, the idea of being lost in the woods, the fear, the joy of being protected by a forest. So we decided we would set off and go around five forests, one in Northern Ireland, one in Scotland, one in Wales, two in the UK. And we got a phenomenal response from listeners. And actually, funnily enough, the thing that got the most response was when I shut up, we didn't play any music, and we just listened to the sound of where we were, whether it was wind blowing through the trees, whether it was water flowing in a river, uh, whether it was birds or animals, people were absolutely entranced by the fact that they were listening to nature. 
and listening to nature absolutely live as it was happening. So we thought, let's do it again. And two years ago, we took ourselves down the River Severn. We found the source of the River Severn high up in the Welsh hills. Uh, there was a magical moment when I sort of thought, goodness, if I put my foot, my Wellington uh, booted feet into this tiny stream, would I stop the flow of the River Severn? It's that magical <laughs> thought of, yeah, yeah. of rivers growing yeah. and growing in weight and, and weight and power. And we ended up down uh, on the bay in Cardiff, looking out over the Bristol Channel, you know, where this tiny stream becomes a, a, a huge force of water flowing out into the sea. So we decided last year we would do it again with a couple of rivers in Yorkshire. Uh, COVID got in the way, we put the plans in a drawer and we've got them out now. So it's a Yorkshire River journey. Um, starts Monday next week. Where are you going to start then? Where's your source well, the source of the River Yore is it's where we're starting. Uh, so we're, we're going to go up on, on Saturday and, and do a big trek because it's quite a long walk from a lay-by on a B road up to the source. I've got my walking boots ready. We'll go and find that. We can't get one of our satellite trucks up there because it's really off-road. A lot of rocky outcrops and, and thick springy muss to uh, to navigate underfoot. So we're, we're going to broadcast on the first day from Acegarth Falls, which is a glorious part of Wensleydale. Um, I'm so looking forward to being back there. My my mum used to be obsessed with with North Yorkshire and Wensleydale and Swaledale in particular. And I remember going on holiday with her when I was very young, when I was five or six, six and seven, and going and exploring that part of Yorkshire. So it's going to be it's going to be very good to be back. It's been a long time since I was there. And we're going to have some some local music. We're going to explore the tradition of Wensleydale dances. We'll hear the the flowing river. Lots of Yorkshire composers to feature and. I think it'll be a, a, a lovely way to start with the with the sort of youthful river. It's nice to think of rivers, isn't it, in terms of kind of children and then teenagers, young adults, and, and finally coming to, to full maturity. So I listened to your breakfast show this morning, and it's a lovely blend of... It's the only show I can listen to and work as an editor. Um, how is it going to work with you up on up in the hills? Um, are you you're going to go from sounds of nature to sort of playing playing a piece of music that's, yeah. as you say, from, from the area. Yeah, from, so from a mixture, of... actually. You know, we'll have our normal musical mix in there of, of old music, new music. We'll have contemporary classical music. We'll have music that's that's five, six hundred years old. Uh, technically, I'm there. It's a tiny team. It's me, a producer, uh, uh, one of our brilliant studio managers who, who are just so skilled at, at putting microphones in the right places so you get that full sound of nature and we'll we'll have one engineer with a, a a satellite and a small truck so we've got our link back to to broadcasting house uh and and we'll we'll just sort of listen we'll 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 have a a little bit of descriptive word poetry i hope we'll have lots of lots of music both music on disc and music played live with us on location and it it, it sort of the whole thing pulled together in a, a studio and broadcasting house to, to be transmitted to the nation. But it, it's sort of, it's actually quite simple radio. I mean, it's funny, it's the centenary of the BBC next year. And actually these sort of outside broadcasts going out and, and listening and, and reflecting different parts of the UK, hearing local stories, hearing local accents, hearing local tales and local sounds, something the BBC was doing right back at the beginning. Well, the technology now makes it much, much easier, as you'd imagine. Well, as, as someone who does a record outside for our own podcast, as we call it, um, wind and rain are the hideous 
enemies of beautiful sounds. How are you going to cope with, I know you said you've got all the, the gear and you've got yeah. these great people. It's, you've obviously got a lot better gear than I have. How are you, how will you cope if it's, if it's blowing a gale up there? Well, you know, there's a wonderful bit of, wonderful bit of kit called a Rycoat, uh, which is a, a sort of microphone shield. Uh, and it turns, you know, a, a broadcast microphone generally is what sort of, uh, uh, eight, nine inches long, probably a couple of inches a couple of inches wide, everyone knows what they look like, but you, you can mount them in this kind of cage, uh, which is then covered in, in what looks a bit like the, the fleece of a sheep. Uh, and, uh, and that does a very, very good job in keeping the wind out. Uh, I've got all my wet weather gear ready. We've got lots of, uh, of plastic wrappings to cover up the, the equipment in. We did, when we, when we broadcast from Wales a couple of years back, we, we, uh, bought a, a gazebo uh, to take with us because we thought that would be great. That would give us cover. Uh, and we put it up at about half past five in the morning. Quarter past six, I was in there uh, uh, just making a few notes on my my computer and suddenly there's a gust of wind and the gazebo was gone and sort of ended up in a thousand a thousand pieces, which we, we had to pick up after the program. And I remember going to, uh, going to a, a recycling centre. can't quite remember where. It was in a Welsh town to to get rid of said gazebo. So we've given up on things like that. Yeah, sure. It's Welsh weather, Yorkshire weather is probably pretty similar. I'd say. Um, so you're getting up really early in the morning. Uh, it's a 6am 6, 6 start. 6.30 we're on air. 6.30, right, 6.30. So so there's a, a march up up the Ewer Valley for 6.30 start. Where do you head after that? I mean, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with the early start. But Yeah, um, day, you're, well, you're, day, you're... We, we'll head straight after the programme to find somewhere to give us a decent breakfast, I think. Uh, that's always the joy of being out and about. You feel completely justified afterwards in having a, <laughs> a full Yorkshire breakfast. Uh, we're going to go to uh, to Jervo Abbey uh, on uh, Tuesday. Uh, which is one of those glorious ruined abbeys, uh, uh, still pretty close to the River Ewer. And I think we've got lots of sheep around us there. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to move on to Newby Hall, which is a gorgeous Georgian house, uh, not far from Ripon, uh, where... Well, it has a great story because the, the, the owners of the house back in the 18th century did the, the great European tour and brought back all sorts of treasures from, from Italy and other places in Europe and used the river to, to bring, to bring the, the, the souvenirs, the rather special souvenirs they'd purchased back to the house. So I think there'll be some good stories to, to tell there. And they've got these absolutely gorgeous, very carefully planned gardens that, that go down from the, 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 the simple splendor of the Georgian house down to, uh, the river Yore. Of course, it's not long after that that it becomes the ooze, uh, the, the two rivers running into each other and, and running a total length of, of very nearly 130 miles before the, the ooze, as it is, flows into the Humber. Uh, we're going to be in York on Thursday, which is obviously the biggest city uh, on the ooze, and we're going to visit uh, the, the Bishop's Palace in York, which is right on the banks of the river, and we're going to broadcast live from York Minster. We've got a fabulous violinist coming in to play live oh, for us. You'll be inside the York Minster. We'll be inside, you? outside, and on top of the Minster, so we're, we're going to move around a bit um obviously the choirs will be in there practicing so we need to give them some space so we'll be in different locations within the minster going to hopefully climb climb onto the roof of the minster and we've got one of the brilliant famous team of stonemasons they have working at the minster to, to come and do us a demonstration of stonemaking so i think we'll be outside uh, for that and we've got the archbishop of york who's going to read one of his poems uh, overlooking the use at the, the bishop's palace 
Beautiful. Well, and so you, do you have to put on a particularly long playing piece so you can get up to the, t- up to the well, roof? Well, it's, it's, so it's not so much the, the, the physical journey up there, it's getting one's breath back uh, yeah. at the top. So you're sort of <laughs> capable of, of broadcasting. But uh, that's the joy of classical music. Ten-minute pieces are quite short by our standards, so there's, there's generally time. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Perfect. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a journey wholly in Yorkshire. Uh, you mentioned Yorkshire composers and artists. Mm. Um, for those who aren't familiar with you know, Yorkshire composers, who, who, who would you recommend as a, as a I mean, who, who would you feature as a, as a Yorkshire composer? Well, we're, we're going to finish in, in, on Spurnhead, uh, looking out to, to the North Sea, that remarkable uh, spit of, of land that, that stretches halfway across the mouth of the Humber. And Anthony Hedges, who a, 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 was a fabulous light music composer uh, based in Hull, has written wonderful music about Spurn and also about the Humber Bridge. So we're going to stop and look at the Humber Bridge. I mean, one of the, one of the, the great things about about rivers is of course they challenge and have challenged for 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 well really several thousand years engineers and architects to work out ways of crossing them uh, and of course the humber bridge is a, a great example of that yorkshire has some wonderful railway uh, 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 architecture railway viaducts crossing rivers of course there's the tees transporter bridge uh, which links north yorkshire with county durham uh, which i think is the only working transporter bridge left in the country which I'm wondering if we can fit in a slight detour to uh, to have a go on that when the cars go up in gondolas and 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 cross the river but so so there's anthony hedges so we'll definitely hear from from anthony hedges uh there's john hebden who was a great 18th century yorkshire composer uh from spofforth <coughs> in the days when uh, uh local musical societies were very much to the fore in in towns that had a bit of money and and they often had their own composer conductors associated with them and hebden uh, was one of those there's george dyson um most celebrated I suppose for his his choral music, uh, he's a was a son of Halifax, which of course has a, a legendary choral society, which we will doubtless uh, hear from. And I know we're going to hear from Gavin Bryars as well, contemporary musician who was born in in Goole, and Goole's one of the places we're going to visit. Uh, we'll 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 put something in from Goole, I think, on Friday's program from from Spurnhead, because that's, that's the other thing that really interests me about rivers is their sort of the way they 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 
drove economies and drove industry. You know, Goul uh, was, still is a busy port, but it was a phenomenally busy port 100 years ago, with, with 200 years ago, with, with regular departures to, to Kent and to Essex and to Newcastle and across the North Sea to, 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 to mainland Europe. Selby too. I mean, Selby is, is 50 miles inland from the North Sea, but it used to be a very busy location for shipbuilding and for, for exporting, all thanks to, to the river system of, of Yorkshire, which enabled this inland town to be connected to the, to the sea. So will you be trying to get some of those sounds of not just the sounds of nature, but the sounds of commerce and, and engineering, the sort of clanking of trains on the Humber Bridge type thing? Or cars? I, th- I, think, I, think that, I think we definitely will, because it, it's part of... It's part of the story, isn't it? I mean, it, it's 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 absolutely it, it, it's a mixture, isn't it, of a completely natural environment that we'll see on Spurn and we'll see on on Wednesdaydale at the source of the river, and then these places where humans have very gently played with the the areas around rivers by building glorious houses or building spectacular bridges or establishing villages or communities, and then areas where they've absolutely harnessed the power of water for mercantile purposes and perhaps not worried too much about what the the legacy of what they've created looks like but it's a it's another thing you have to explore it's another part of the history and the purpose of rivers i love this blending of music landscape history it's going to be fantastic i was wondering whether so a lot of uh, this lovely blend of history landscape music and nature um and a lot of people get that from music they find that sort of escape that sense of uh, open beauty um a lot of our listeners a lot of our readers of country farm magazine they are very familiar with the popular you know, with vaughan williams epic music that takes you out into that evokes landscape i was wondering whether there were other pieces that you could introduce our listeners and, and readers too that could that also has that quality Sort of. Yeah, I mean, music is a, a wonderful way of taking you on a journey to places, whether you actually go or whether you listen and, and imagine and, and, and perhaps remember travels in the past. I think a lot of people have found during this time of COVID lockdown when we haven't been able to travel that a very good way of of thinking about places and evoking places is to listen is to listen to music. I would recommend Malcolm Arnold's Cornish Dances as a, a wonderful evocation of my uh, Cornish homeland. You really get a sense of the, the difference between the, the Channel Coast and the Atlantic Coast, Bodmin Moor, fishing villages, market towns. Uh, Doreen Carwithen uh, wrote a, a wonderful Suffolk suite, which I think brilliantly encapsulates uh, that county in music. I think that Mendelssohn's Scottish Symphony, I mean, there you have a place absolutely seen through the eyes of a tourist. I mean, Mendelssohn was doing his own grand tour, but coming from the continent uh, to uh, to England and then on to Scotland. And he, he kept wonderful diaries, which are really worth reading. And he was a very clever sketcher as well very good sketches of his of his of his journey through scotland so i think the scottish symphony and and fingal's cave as well perhaps a more obvious uh, suggestion benjamin Britten's music really has a sense of of east anglia and particularly the, the east anglian coast about it so i think i think there is a lot of a, a lot of, of of british music that, that really does evoke particular places peter maxwell davis and, and and a lot of his works really inspired by orkney uh, he was a, a, a composer from salford originally but he he spent 
many, many years of his life and did some of his most creative work while living on the island of Hoy, uh, one of the, the islands in the Orkney archipelago. And it's, it's never very far from his music. So I think, I think there are a few suggestions, but the, there are plenty more to dig around and, 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 and find. And, and you will find works that immediately take you somewhere. I, I, I think there's a podcast, a perfect podcast of yeah. walking and music blended together. I mean, rather like what you're doing, but a sort of introduction no, I think, to the countryside through music. I think that's right. I mean, whether you want to, I know a lot of people who walk listening to music, um, you know, and a, a lot of people, we have a lot of listeners on breakfast who uh, uh, go out for a walk first thing and take Radio 3 with them uh, via BBC Sounds on their, their phones, listening on on headphones. And, and, and so they find it, you know, a, a fabulous way to to start the day, I think it can be something, something rather magical, you know, on a on a walk, listening to a, a Beethoven piano sonata or listening to a, a great symphony. I think you want to blend it a bit, don't you? So you you listen to this glorious music out in the field, but you also stop and take your headphones off and and listen to the sounds of nature and the sounds of what's around you. Don't miss the bird song, definitely. Quite. <laughs> you you obviously you listen, you play music, you listen to music. Is there a piece that you just can't live without? Is there something that in all that everything you've listened to that you just would have to have it on the desert island with you and uh <laughs> be very hard to choose one um i think if there was one it would probably be uh, beethoven's waldstein piano sonata which i think is just the most glorious glorious piece of 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 music and every time i listen to it it reveals something new to me so i think i would i would make that my number one choice but i would probably want Billy Budd or Peter Grimes by by Benjamin Britten. Uh, I think I would want some, definitely want some Bach, you know, maybe, uh, uh, well, perhaps the Gilbo Variations or maybe the Bach solo violin sonatas. Um, I think I would want a Mozart opera or two. Uh, I think I want some Shostakovich with me as well because I, I find his his music and its, its evocation of, of a period of, of of life his life in in soviet russia living in in a lot of his life in constant fear of of being arrested by the authorities and and sent off to siberia or possibly worse there's something about that that gives his music an extraordinary energy an extraordinary visceral excitement to it uh but I, it's yeah it's a game we all play isn't it what what would the eight tracks be that we would take to our to our desert island and uh, i think i would have a very 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 long, long list before I was able to whittle it down to, to the final eight. Thank you. That's great. I mean, and, and from favourite music, we, we, we're talking about the countryside. Mm. Uh, you, you're, you're, you're Cornish, you're from Cornwall, proud Cornishman. Absolutely. Um, is Cornwall your place of refuge or is there somewhere where, you know, to escape, to get away from the, the stresses of the world? Yeah. A lot of people, the countryside exists for that and many other things. Yes. Where, where do you go? Well, very, very definitely Cornwall. Uh, very definitely Cornwall. And uh, I've just been there, actually. I'm, I'm writing a book about Cornwall at the moment. So I've been down there doing some some uh, some research. Uh, and I was, in fact, tracing the, the River Tamar. Uh, uh, a couple of weekends back, working my way up it uh, from the Tamar Bridge uh, at Salt Ash and the Royal Albert Railway Bridge, which, which, well, they're such iconic bridges, people will be immediately able to to visualise what they look like. But actually, the, the Tamar is the border between Devon and Cornwall all the way up until you get four miles, just four miles from the Atlantic coast. So Cornwall is almost an island. And I managed to find the the, the source of the River Tamar, which was something very, very exciting. I, I grew up on the Lizard Peninsula, um, right down the, the most southerly bit of, of well, the most southerly bit of the, the of, of the British Isles, and um, 
as a result of that, I know that area incredibly well. We would go shopping in Truro or Penzance, but we sort of wouldn't go any further. Any any journey further than that would be, you know, to Plymouth, uh, which when I was growing up was the nearest place with a theatre uh, and, and departments or, or, or on to, to London or up country. So it's been very, very interesting for me exploring bits of Cornwall I don't know. I, I had never been, I'm ashamed to say, never been to Launceston. Uh, I'd actually been to Launceston in Tasmania long before I went to Launceston in Cornwall. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've never been to Foy before. I've only, I think, once been to Paris had stay before Bude I've never been to so it's been very interesting exploring those areas um I love Bodmin Moor I love the coast path uh, around Cornwall particularly the coast path around the Lizard because that's an area that's that's so familiar to me um I, I love Cornish woodland I find myself dreaming quite often we've got some woods near near where my family are on the Lizard and and I, I find myself dreaming of of walking through the woods ideally on a slightly damp morning or a morning after the rain when the the, the leaves are heavy with water and it's a bit mulchy underfoot and you get fabulous fresh smells of the earth maybe a bit of estuarine mud uh, and you you walk with the trees very low above you, and then suddenly they break out into a great cathedral-like space. I mean, that's that's the sort of place I find myself often mentally when I'm sitting, you know, in in London, and there are car horns blaring outside, and police sirens, and, and helicopters, and things. Um, I, I, I love I love the city, but I, I when I when I cross the Tamar Bridge, my heart lifts a little. Fantastic! What a lovely image of peace and and, uh, and refuge that we all, we all need from time to time. Although not um, not so much refuge this summer because uh, uh, <laughs> Cornwall is already very very busy and gearing up for I think what may be the busiest summer of all time. I mean I hope that I hope that's going to be all right. I think a lot of a lot of people I've been talking to in Cornwall are a bit worried about this summer. I think uh, just think that. You know, there are going to be literally too many people. Certainly, you know, there are hardly any hotel rooms left, if any. I can't imagine there are any holiday lets left. And I think a lot of people are just a bit worried. A lot of people are going to go down there without without places to stay. That You know, the infrastructure, the roads, the lanes. I mean, I was stuck in traffic on on Saturday. It took me about an hour to go about three miles because the, the road was kept being blocked by enormously big caravans that just don't really work on those those Cornish lanes. So we'll get through it, of course. But um, I, I, I hope that everybody, both locals and and visitors, will will be able to sort of exist with a you know a feeling of of, of respect and support over the summer because you know it, it's all going to be busy. I think down there. Yeah, good words of warning. I think um, I think yes, it's probably don't everyone rush yeah, to Cornwall. And, and and I think you know that's not to say it won't be busy in in the lakes in Pembrokeshire in in the Yorkshire Dales as well. I think you know it is amazing how how it's great, isn't it, that not being able to go overseas or at least not being able to go overseas to many places and then very easily has made us reconsider our own our own uh, 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 islands and i think that's absolutely that's absolutely fantastic and i, I hope this this can lead to a more sustainable uh, 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 tourist business in places like cornwall and, and pembrokeshire and the lakes where you know it can be very heavily rooted at the moment on on summer seasons on on people being paid quite low wages on 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 short-term jobs um you know it would be great if out of this can come something a bit more sustainable for for people who make their living from tourism well it's a terrific place to end yes hope for the countryside yeah hope, hope compromise between visitors and and locals and we have a, su- a summer of happiness a bit of freedom well, we certainly yeah. deserve it there's no doubt about <laughs> yeah, that absolutely and uh, and and with your music to to enjoy if, when you're stuck in those traffic jams <laughs> 
Petrol. No traffic brilliant. jams on the rivers of Yorkshire, I hope, next mm, week. No, no, no. And I look, have a brilliant time there. I hope it all works perfectly. Look forward to tuning in. And uh, listeners can join you at Monday. 6.30 till 9, Monday to Friday next week. Uh, but of course, it works anytime on BBC Sounds. So, so I know a lot of, up. it's interesting, a lot of people, um, it, it seems to me from looking at, at how people listen on BBC Sounds, particularly with COVID and things, have uh, have started setting their alarms a bit later and then listen to breakfast on their own. They have a late breakfast, but it yeah. works now with BBC Sounds. It's great. You can breakfast whenever you want. Brilliant. Um, well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Fergus. So that was the great Petrock Trelawney talking about his exciting plans for a live Yorkshire River journey from the 12th to 16th of July on his breakfast show, BBC Radio 3. You can, of course, catch up with each episode on BBC Sounds if, like me, you struggle to be awake for 6.30. But I wish him and his team all the best and hope they have some decent weather. And our own Country Farm magazine podcast will be back with a new season beginning on the 10th of August with a brilliant series of outdoor adventures Look at histories and mysteries in the countryside. More on that soon. But for now, thanks so much for listening and goodbye.